Can you name a city that hosted a game at the 2002 World Cup? Should we say Tokyo? Out straight away. Whoa! What? Oh, what are the greatest answers of all time? OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette, for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. All right, you're welcome along to Thursday's Off The Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock. Uh, we got a busy show ahead because there is a busy weekend coming your way. Of course, it'll start bright and early Saturday morning. Ireland against the All Blacks. Andy Farrell has named this team a very experienced team. We're going to have reaction to that with Rory O'Connor and also our very own Stephen Kisby-Green between now and 9 o'clock. Uh, massive hurling weekend. Semi-final Saturday and Sunday. And the hurling pod were out and about last night live in Limerick. And we're going to bring you some of the best bits on that uh, over the course of the evening show. And after 8 o'clock, we're going to bring you the story of the American WNBA star Brittany Griner, who was arrested in Moscow just before the Russian invasion of Ukraine. She was arrested uh, because of vape cartridges that were found in her luggage that they say contained traces of hashish oil and she's going to be brought before a Russian court tomorrow on those drug charges and it's expected that she will be convicted and could well be sentenced up to 10 years in isolation so we're going to talk about that after 8 o'clock as well 53106 is the text number add off the ball if you want to get in touch on social media Richie McCormick good evening Hey Nathan uh, Joe Malloy how are you? Very well, Jens. How are you doing? For anyone watching, I apologise. I'm very confused because usually we talk to this screen, but they seem to have moved me to this screen. So I'm sort of, I'm, I'm not quite sure where I am. So I'm, I'm, I'm being told it's this one. Look straight ahead. You think ahead. that's confusing, Nathan? My view of you is literally the back of the screen that you're kind of staring at at the minute. <laughs> so like, you're just a disembodied voice as far as I'm concerned. Well, rather probably for the best. It's probably for the best. Who do we blame for this? Shambolic start of the show. I blame Mick, to be honest. No, you, Mick, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, I, I hear they've changed it now. Which one are you telling me to do? This is outrageous. They've just changed it in the middle of it. Malloy's like, come on. This is what TV's all about. You know, you just got to get used to this. Follow the red light. Follow the red light. Isn't that it? Uh, make them follow you. That's what I, I mean. When in doubt, they'll catch up eventually. If you keep looking down a lens, that's my general uh, tack. If you start moving, they start moving. You can get into a, a dance. You know, when you bump into someone in the street and you go left, they go left. And before you know it. Uh, last Thursday Joe you were in studio we're going to be back together again soon though uh, Monday Richie make sure to tune in or make sure you're working right. going to be coming live from the JP McManus Pro-Am all the big guns out I'm still not sure what we're doing then there by the way shh shh it's a well organised plan is this why I'm in on Tuesday Junket Junket no Tuesday is the uh, first golf weekly classic of the year Richie live from Killeen Castle no, no, Nothing. no. This is, this is uh, you know, the people who've been so good to support us over the last 18 months, our chance to give back. Philanthropy, right. essentially, to isn't the, it, Joe? It is. To the listeners, to the listeners, when you're giving out about me presenting on Tuesday, just remember, it's not my fault. It's because these two shiftless layabouts want to go down and knock a ball around a big field. There is some early talk, Richie. There is some early talk of us helping you out in the 9 to 10 hour by uh, gifting you the uh, hour podcast of Golf Weekly which oh. we'll have at Killeen Castle afterwards. So uh, I like the sound of that. As for Monday show, uh, genuinely, Nathan, I'm not sure what we're doing down there. With three hours to fill, we'll have had a New Zealand-Ireland game. We'll have had All-Ireland semi-finals, And again, I do fear the content is going to be me asking Harry Redknapp if he's enjoying his time in Ireland. <laughs> that, that, that can be good radio. 
that can be good radio right there. Uh, the celeb lineup is pretty impressive for the JP McManus program. The whole it, like the the aim obviously is we go down and we stalk Jordan Spieth and hope that eventually he will uh, talk to us. Now, mm-hmm. I, I think we all know which way this is going to go. So obviously, I think you got ten of the top eleven players in the world there. So like that's obviously very interesting. Uh, Sir Kenny Dalglish is going to be there. Yeah, Matt Dawson. You like Matt Dawson, Joe? Yeah. yeah. Jamie Dornan. Naturally, yeah, expected that. Shane Filan. Yeah. Alan Hansen. Oh, nice. You'd like to spend Ooh, a bit of time with Hansen, wouldn't you? Well, Hansen really has disappeared, hasn't he? I mean, no sense of ego or I might just do the odd interview here or there. He has properly disappeared. Basically just a full-time golfer now, Alan Hansen. Yeah. Uh, Niall Horan, of course, is going to be there. Bill Murray will yeah. obviously be there. Who? Bill Murray. Oh, Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill's obviously been here for a few weeks. For a second there, I, I don't know why the line half broke up. I thought you said James Nesbitt. He's a big fan of these things. I oh, Jay, I'd be there. shocked if James Nesbitt doesn't rock up at some stage. I saw he was down yeah. at the Irish Open Prom. Uh, both Harry and Jamie Redknapp. Okay. So you, you, you get at Mark Wahlberg. That's pretty cool. Marky Mark. Marky Mark is going to be there as well. He, he has a, a, an extraordinary uh, golf facility. I don't know what the correct term is in his back garden. I mean, like a proper oh, yeah. full-on par three he's kind of he must be a california way because he's like there's there's kind of it's mini canyon it's hard rock but he hits from a, a hill to a green in the distance over barren land maybe 140 150 kind of yard shot but he's got four or five different greens you can aim at from this kind of driving range uh facility and his, his gigantic houses to the left it's uh it's quite something so he is big into it he's a lefty it sort of crept up on me but now that i'm reading the list of players that are going to be there I am more excited than ever because as you go down through you go Bryson is going to be there like firstly this is like this is seismic in the world of golf this week because you have all the live golfers and all the PGA Tour golfers all coming together for the first time since there is a live event happening this weekend uh, as far as I'm aware in Oregon so they're all coming back together Uh, so I'd imagine the entire golfing world is going to be uh, congregating around Adair Manor. But you look and you go through, I'd love to spend some time watching Bryson. I'll spend some time watching Bryson on the range. It's always unbelievably impressive. And you know, it's like Patrick Cantley. Like Patrick Cantley is top 10 in the world. Patrick Cantley's probably going to be going around with nobody really watching him. It's a good opportunity yeah. to get up close and watch one of the best in the world. You keep going through it and you see Ricky Fowler's going to be there. Dustin Johnson. Brooks is going to be there. Obviously, Shane Lowry and Potter Carrington, Leona Maguire are playing. Uh, Gray McDowell will be there, which could be interesting in many ways. Uh, I'm not sure if mm. he'll be doing too many interviews, uh, G-Mac, while mm. he's there. Colin Marikawa, two-time major champion. Oh. I, I will be... I want to see him hit a ball, actually, in person, yeah. Well, keep going in the celebrities for a second. Do you have any others? Uh, no, no more celebrities. No more celebrities. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know then if there's more celebrities coming or whether it's just uh, local celebrities or... People who've won competitions or paid a lot of money to there'll play be, in this. There'll be, there'll be a bunch of the rugby lads. Uh, I wouldn't bet against Robbie Keane or John O'Shea based on their shapes at Mount Juliet. Rocking up. I'm surprised they're not on the list already. John Ram is going to be there. Your friend Xander Shoffley, world number one, Scotty Scheffler. It is. Cam Smith. Insane. Jordan Spieth. Justin Thomas. And then right at the end you go, and Tiger is going to be there. I know. Dennis Walsh had a big piece in the Sunday Times at the weekend, almost just trying to get to the bottom of the question a lot of people have. What is it that JP McManus has when it comes to, say, Tiger in particular? And Dennis spoke to different people and and pulled a a few threads, and it seems to be just a mutual, they've known each other a long time, 
uh, JP McManus has a propensity for privacy with something Tiger respects. And so he's been coming over prepping for opens for maybe 20 years and doing some fishing and different things. And, uh, you know, it could, because there was um, a suggestion of a, an appearance fee one of the years when he was over and the Sunday Times piece said that the journalist who published that was personally called and told to retract that because that was not the case so um I, look it's insane all these golfers flocking to adair it's um I, there's no other problem like it in in the world uh texting you know the irish open is on right now an actual competition uh, yeah. i think it just shows the power of the jp mcmanus pro-am but sadly as well i, I mean I, I, and it's we'll move off golf before uh stay with us richie stay with us um it I'm is here. it is quite something if you look at the Live Golf Tournament which starts this evening the Irish Open event Juliet and the John Deere Classic on the PGA Tour the best field the best field if you're just a golf fan parking moral reservations and everything else the best field is now the Live Golf Tournament this week yeah you know? it's certainly the strongest and obviously the Irish Open uh, if you were to take out the Irish players playing there there's not a huge amount else. You've got someone like Tyrrell Hatton is probably the highest ranked player away from Seamus Power and Shane Lowry. Uh, so, yeah, live golf. It ain't going away and they're all going to be there on Monday. There'll be some very interesting press conferences, I suspect, uh, at Adair Manor over Monday and Tuesday. Uh, already getting lots of messages of people wondering, you know, could we hop in your boot? Any chance of getting in there? It's been sold out for years. It's obviously been pushed back for a couple of years. So, uh if you don't have a hat, it's very, it's very, it's so they, what they do is, I think it's like 50 quid to get in, but you basically buy a hat and that's your entrance fee. Oh, wow. I was talking to someone today who's going down and uh, we were wondering, I don't know if you have a sense of this. So the event is sold out. Now there is sold out like the way Augusta sells out and everybody, you know, has a nice view and it's not like the crowds are 20 deep. And then there is sold out like a British Open where everyone get as many in as we can. And it can be quite hard to get close to the action. Have you a sense of a dare? Well, I was there at the last JP Pro-Am and my memory is that it was more relaxed than a regular golf tournament, that they don't squeeze every single person in. That, And again, I think there's so many big names that people will be spread around the course and you'll have an opportunity, albeit it might be difficult to see Tiger Woods or Rory McIlroy, but... Scotty Scheffler, the world number one, might well be walking down the fourth and, you know, it might be only one or two deep. So I don't think it's a case of absolutely putting 100,000 people on a dare manor and it can't cope with it. I think it's it's going to be a, an enjoyable experience for anybody who's lucky enough to have a ticket. Mm, great. Okay. Fully justified in uh, doing the show from down there on Monday, Joe. But Harry, are you enjoying your time in Ireland? <laughs> As Kenny Dugleach walks past you and refuses, refuses the interview. Yeah, uh, Rich, feel- Richie's starting with the golf, Joe. Tell us all about the Irish Open. An appropriate leader for the weekend that's in it. There absolutely is, yeah. In the week the Irish rugby team begin their tour of New Zealand, the son of a former All Black heads the Irish Open field. Ryan Fox shot a bogey-free opening round of 64 at Manchuria today and leads on eight under par. He holds a one-stroke lead over a group that includes includes the Frenchman Frederic Lacroix. Uh, Christian Zanotti is also in there as well. Fabrizio Zanotti is also in there as well, as is the Spaniard Jorge Campillo. Uh, Marcel Schneider is also in that group now. He has just signed off on a round of 65. So all of them on seven under par and uh, Seamus Power and Niall Kearney had the Irish challenge on four under Podrick Harrington and John Murphy there in the clubhouse on two under par and Shane Lowry finished up on one under par today So Seamus Power I think the last time he came to an Irish Open Joe was ranked outside top 300 in the world now he's it's the 36th coming into this week 
and he's put himself in contention and that's like that's what makes a great Irish Open now is having one of the Irish players in and around at the weekend I think back to three four years ago where obviously all the billboards outside were of McElroy McDole Lowry Harrington Clark and all of them missed the cut uh, thankfully then Seamus Power is there and looks as though he's going to put himself in a bit of contention yeah changes the atmosphere and uh, that this is what Power does now he's consi- you know, so consistent on the PGA Tour all the time uh, conditions today were very favourable the wind wasn't up and there'd been a lot of rain so greens were soft so you get no wind and you get soft greens and you know how good these guys are uh, so you got a bit of audio from it Richie? No uh, not, not from uh, not. Julia, I apologise no. uh, no. you do have the Irish team though to play the All Blacks that I do. Keith Earls, the only survivor from the side that started against the Mary All Blacks in the team named for Saturday's first test. He switches wings in a back three that also contains Hugo Keenan and James Lowe. Earls is the only non-Leinster player among the backs, with Gary Ringrose partnering Robbie Henshaw in midfield and Jemison Gibson Park and Jonathan Sexton in the three quarters. There's a front row of Andrew Porter, Dan Sheehan and Ty Furlong. Behind them, it's Ty Byrne and James Ryan and a back row of Peter O'Mahony, Josh Van der Flaer and Caelan Doris. Meanwhile, Keen Healy fit enough for a place in the bench despite being taken off in that all black defeat. Ireland have never beaten New Zealand, of course, in their own backyard, and the historic nature of a potential victory on Saturday is not lost on Andy Farrell. Of course, everyone's aware about it, and of course, we've, we've talked about it and, and what it would mean to us, um, etc. But that's not going to make it happen, is it? Um, you know, it's, it's always about the um, nailing your detail and, and having a full understanding, full ownership of, of, of what that detail is all about, you know. And, putting it all together and mixing that with the right emotions etc and then hopefully uh, uh, you put all the package together and you know you, the the opposition have a bit of an off day at the same time you know because you know all best laid plans for them and for us uh, you've got to be adaptable and, um, and, and go with the change because that's international um, rugby there's always a lot of talk of experimentation ahead of summer tours, Joe, particularly at what Andy Farrell himself has said at the start of a World Cup cycle. This is a very experienced team he's put out there, which I guess is understandable considering what happened on Wednesday. But also, it's the first test. There's going to be a natural experimentation as Test 2 and Test 3 come through injuries and and just you want to get off to the best possible start. Yeah, and the first test is generally talked about as the best chance to win on these tours Eden Park factor notwithstanding as Richie said I mean the headline news and the miracle news is that Keane Healy is somehow a fit because that did not look good on Wednesday at all so that saves a whole bunch of reconfiguration of that front row supporting cast which would have just made the game look near impossible for Ireland to win I think so that's a massive fill up and then you know it's a decent bench in Treadwell Jack Onan is the other, I suppose, a mission from the, the back row that had started to take shape of late. Uh, his form has not been his best post-lines, but he's certainly a very useful player to have on the bench. Conor Murray, all his experience. Joey Carberry to come off the bench as well. And then Bundyaki was one of the few players that looked in really good form, I thought, on Wednesday morning. So I'd feel a touch more um, buoyant, it'd be a strong word, but less, um, less full of trip than I think in the immediate aftermath of Wednesday when things were so poor. But, you know, 24 hours go by and it, it was a scratch side and, and, a, and, and showed all the frailties that you would expect with a, a scratch side. But as you said, this side, very experienced. And so, you know, let's get a bit of, a, a bit of feel-good factor going because a, a tour in the depths of winter in New Zealand can unravel if you get off to a terrible start. Yeah, sure can. Now we're going to have more reaction to that. Rory O'Connor coming up at half past seven. The All Blacks have named their 15 as well, Richie. 
Yeah, and a first cap on the wing for Crusaders winger Leicester Fyinga Anuku. And their lack of options on the blind side seemingly have led to a start there for Locke Scott Barrett. Ireland open side Josh van der Flyer was asked about the New Zealand team selection and particularly the deployment of Barrett. Um, he's a he's a great player. I wasn't really sure what what back row uh, they come up with. I was pretty certain Sam Kane had started anyway, and Artie Savea would be somewhere in the back in the back row for sure. But um, oh, he's a he's a brilliant player, um, great line out option. And I saw they've gone with two two back rows then on the bench. So um, yeah, it's, it's, he's their option quite open. It's good. They have good strong line out with with him in there. <coughs> and um, yeah, he's a, I think whoever of all that we're going through the different players and options they could have had during the week for, for back row and I think across all of them they're all world class players and um, I think all of them are good at ball carrying, all of them can offload all of them can hit hard so I think um, they've certainly good options so whoever you come across we knew it would be, be tough but Scott Barrett, Barrett's a, he's a very very good player so it'll certainly be, certainly be a, a good test it is the news round on Off the Ball brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. We've had a couple of brilliant nights at Wimbledon over the last couple of evenings, Richie. Uh, Harmony Tam beating Serena Williams, and then last night, John Eisner beating Andy Murray. Uh, what's been going on today? Uh, Iga Sviantek is now on the longest winning streak in women's tennis since 1990. The Wimbledon number one uh, seeds 37th victory in a row was tougher than expected. She needed three sets to beat the world number 138, Leslie Padanama Kirkova, and she'll play Alize Cornet in round three. World number 115, Katie Bolter, caused one of the shocks of the tournament so far, beating last year's finalist Karolina Pliskova in three. Bolter will play Harmony Tan in round three after Serena Williams conquer beat Sara Saribes Tormo today. Also, through the round, th- uh, round three are the fourth seed Paula. Badoza, 8 Jessica Badula and uh, former champions Simona Halep and Petra Kvitova. Rafa Nadal was uh, seemingly cruising towards the third round. He was two sets to love up on Ricardus Barankas. He then lost the third set 6-4 and Nadal had raced into a three-love lead in the fourth set before the reins came to SW19. The covers were thrown on to centre court. They didn't want to close the roof. The covers remain on and they think they're just about to resume there because over on number one court, uh, Alex de Minor and Jack Draper are just back under Way. Men's fourth seed Stefanos Tsitsipas eased into round three with a straight sets win over Jordan Thompson and he'll play another Aussie Nick Kyrgios next. Kyrgios was on his best behaviour today as he beat Filip Krajinovic in straight sets and Tsitsipas can't wait to lock horns with him. I am uh, definitely uh, thrilled to be to be facing him. You know, he's a, a very, I respect him a lot uh, on the court what he what he's trying to do. Although he has been a little bit controversial in the past but um, I think he's playing good tennis. I'm going to try and concentrate on doing my thing and pay attention to, to my own game from start to finish. Hopefully I can, uh, I can stay there and, uh, and do something great, have a great uh, competitive match against him. At uh, the 12th seed, Diego Schwartzman was beaten in five today by Liam Brody finally, and Roberto Bautista Agut became the third men's seed forced to withdraw due to a COVID-19 positive. So Tottenham, uh, it looks as though, done deal for Charleston, doing some really good business this summer. Yeah, they've agreed a 60 million euro deal with Everton for Richarlison. The Brazilian striker has already agreed personal terms with the North London club and he'll complete the move after undergoing a medical in Brazil. Chelsea reportedly tried to hijack the deal at the 11th hour, but Richarlison, it looks like, will be a Spurs player, as will Clement Longley, who's going to arrive from Barcelona as part of a loan deal. They've already brought in Yves Basuma and Ivan Perisic. Fraser Foster is going to come in as backup goalkeeper. Richie mentioned there Clement Longley on the way. Uh, coupled with a couple of really astute signings they made in January as well. 
challenging for title probably feels past anybody aside from Liverpool or Manchester City right now but definitely Conte putting Spurs in a position to be the best of the rest Oh yeah I mean him and Daniel Levy whatever agreements and conversations they had uh, I would suspect Conte feels that Levy is now uh, holding his end of the bargain up very much so Richarlison's a very uh, interesting fellow really good player he gave um, an interview uh, last season and uh, really he came from the most acute poverty you could believe. I mean, the things he saw as a child, absolutely horrific. Um, I was, it, like, it, fair enough, uh, an Irish player going over and having their world transformed by the money that Premier League has to offer. But for somebody to come from uh, where Richarlison comes from and what it does for his family, it, the most extraordinary thing, like... Um, and he's, look, he's a, he's a damn good player as well. I is. Ten goals last season in an Everton side that really struggled. And I definitely felt in previous seasons he was, you know, he was up there in contention to be the best player outside the top four. Has a real work rate about him as well. I think often you can fall into that trap of stereotyping, uh, attacking Brazilian players. But I remember Seamus Coleman talking about him of when he was with him over on the right-hand side for Everton that he was never afraid to track back. He's got, a, we've seen it lots of times, he's got a nice little nasty edge to him as well. And suddenly you're looking at that Tottenham front three, if it is Richarlison, Son and Kane, or maybe actually they can now have a bit of rotation with Kulusevski in there as well. If Conte can just keep it all together, like it always feels with Conte, unfortunately, there, there are two defeats in a row away from him having a complete meltdown, throwing the toys out of the pram. But the squad they're building, Richie, is as good a Tottenham squad as they've probably, maybe even stronger than they had when Pochettino was there. Yeah, we forget that, you know, Christian Romero's in there at the back. He's a fantastic centre half. Um, obviously, enough Hugo Reese is a brilliant uh, goalkeeper. Their defence looks solid. Their midfield looks more solid than ever. Um, I, I'm wondering, like, are they going to play front three there uh, with well, Richardson, Young uh, Win Son, and Harry Kane? Uh, is there a case that there's a bit of an overlap between the two, or that they finally have that player that can lift the load off Harry Kane's shoulders when he can't play 60 games in a season? You have someone who can put in there. Um, is that the best use of a, a Richardson? That's the kind of question mark that I'm uh, toying with at the moment. But that is a very solid Spurs squad. I think, to be honest with you, that news of an 11th hour bid from Chelsea, I don't think they need, like, the, clearly the plans at Chelsea weren't for a Richardson type player this summer. Uh, so it would suggest that they wanted to bump the price up for Spurs a little bit at the last minute uh, to make them fork over an extra five, 10 million quid. You would imagine that Chelsea are seeing Spurs as a very definite rival for their position as a top three Premier League side, if you consider or presume that Manchester City and Liverpool are going to remain the top two. Um, Chelsea are very firmly the third and ahead of the others. Uh, But Spurs, with that squad, with that manager, on paper and without, you know, toys being flung from prams, do look like that next best of the rest, the one Mm. that can probably bridge that gap next season. But they need a good start and they need all those guns firing up front um, I still wonder if they have that link from midfield to attack but I'm sure the goals make up for it from Harry Kane Yeah it is one of those summers where the best are hoovering up the best of the lesser teams in the Premier League like we look at Rafinha who's been outstanding for Leeds and maybe that's the Chelsea issue there is that Barcelona it looks like are trying to come in late for Rafinha if he doesn't end up going they don't have the money for him and he doesn't want to go that's to Chelsea but there. like yeah. the, the strongest teams are just getting stronger and taking away from the others so uh, yeah it does look as though Spurs are in a really strong position uh, Tour de France controversy clacks on Richie 
Yeah, not even a wheel turned in anger yet. This year's Tour de France already marred in controversy. Less than 24 hours to go until the Grande Part. The Bahrain victorious team had their hotel and team buses raided by Danish police at the request of French prosecutors this morning. It comes three days after several team members and riders had their homes raided by Europol. This year's tour begins in Copenhagen tomorrow. There was a press conference involving Bahrain victorious today. Lasted all of eight minutes. And as you might uh, be surprised to hear, they weren't keen on answering any questions regarding those raids. Mm. I mean, memories of Festina in 1998. This team won three stages on last year's tour and they were raided last year as well. So this is a continuation of a raid from last year. Last year it was a, it was a 2 a.m. job and 50 police officers on some Thursday morning, I was reminding myself of it, arrived in to raid their premises and the team's manager at the time called it nothing special. So it's quite extraordinary that 12 months on, the French prosecutors still are twice now in the last, what, week have deemed it necessary to raid this uh, hotel. Like there have been the, there has been the occasional raid, uh, but like this is definitely the most concerted and um, in terms of numbers and, and, and regularity, this is the biggest since Festina that I can think of. Obviously the, the Lance Armstrong investigation took on a whole other um, quality outside of police raids and beyond police raids but I mean it is absolutely remarkable and I don't know I mean you go to a press conference and say nothing for eight minutes I I don't know about you guys that didn't make me think oh yeah okay everything's probably cozy here everything's okay here yeah um, they made the live golf press conferences look like good PR <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. but like you're wrongly accused you're then put in front of the media what would you do I wouldn't go in front of the media to start with just I know, keep the head down to. Just give him the head down. Yeah, classic GEAism. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, no you press just, conferences, Joe. But I think if you were then asked, please. Trial by social media. House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but saying nothing, I mean, Jesus. Like, yeah, it's uh, embarrassing. Uh, there's definitely a, a nice. We, we should do a nice uh, nostalgia piece on Festina. Is it a nice nostalgia <laughs> piece? Maybe it's not. But there's definitely <laughs> nice. something there. Like, now is there's the time to do it. Yeah, there's like it is one of the most interesting stories in the history of Irish sports so uh, maybe it's something for the next few weeks yeah the 24 uh, year anniversary as Mick said it's a big one maybe next yeah. year then uh, some interesting news on the broadcast rights front in the UK Richie Surely is, yeah. Amazon are set to sign a deal to broadcast Champions League games in the UK. BT Sport previously held those rights exclusively, but the two platforms are going to share Europe's top competition from the 2024-25 season. That's when it goes uh, all Swiss group format. Uh, Amazon have a minor stake in Premier League broadcast rights as well, of course, but that deal has not previously extended into Ireland. You might remember Premier Sports often Mm. pick up those games that are on Amazon. There's no word yet on how that Amazon deal will affect the Irish market. Yeah, the Irish rights obviously up for uh, renegotiation. Usually I think they get the UK done first and the Irish follow maybe six months later. So uh, Amazon again investing. I don't think it'll make much of a difference in Ireland, but obviously with the Champions League in Ireland, we have the live sport rights deal. Uh, Live score where you can get all the matches online. I don't know how many people utilise that because you can still watch the matches on Virgin, on RTE and on BT Sport. Yeah, I think live score, live score are fourth in that because, like, you can't Chromecast the live score either, mm. you know, and so you're not going to watch it in your phone when it's on terrestrial television. So with these Amazon rights, because certain Amazon rights, 
we still can't get them because we're because it's available in this territory elsewhere i wonder will we be able to watch premier league on amazon for anyone that does have an amazon account obviously but will we have access to them i wonder i I would suspect not unless amazon also end up buying the irish rights the other interesting part of the deal richie i don't think you mentioned it is that the bbc have got the rights for the highlights of the champions Mm -hmm. league for the first time ever yeah they haven't shown a champions league match since the 94 final Uh, it was ac milan barcelona in uh, athens was the last Champions League match that uh, BBC broadcast. I can't remember why they had that match in particular because that was an ITV season. But yeah, that'll be quite something as well. It'd be like They haven't had highlights really properly in a visible form on terrestrial TV in the UK for a while. And having them on the Beeb, I'm sure the Beeb would make a big deal out of having them too. Uh, so yeah, that's that's quite something to, to get it back on the BBC. Well, it's disappeared for a, a, a younger generation if they don't have BT. I mean, to think... Like yeah. English audiences raised on ITV coverage and beyond, and it's just disappeared. So th- well, that's where Amazon would be huge. Like the, yeah. the, the amount of Amazon that would be built into smart TVs already, uh, like preloaded, and people would have subscriptions. Yeah. I, I, I don't know the numbers. I would speculate that there probably are now more Amazon subscriptions than BT in the UK because it's a broader service, obviously. Um, so there is a chance for that younger generation to get back on board with the Champions League, and I think that was probably within the thinking of UEFA when they were doling out these media rights. Yeah, match of the day still gets two, three million on a good mm. day. Yeah, more than uh, you get for your big Premier League matches, the live coverage of it. Uh, we got to leave it there, lads. Uh, Richie, thank you as always. Nice and lads. Got a tough week coming up next week, Joe, but we'll just try and muddle through between just Adair Manor and Killeen Castle. <laughs> Listen, all, all in the interest of the Stress job. We're just, doing our, we're just doing our bit for off the ball. Let's, let's you better do that last air on Tuesday. Take that last air on Tuesday, team. baby. All right, uh, we got Rory O'Connor on the rugby coming up next, but uh, time for the cash machine. 